0: Welcome to the CGM Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we check in one last time with Derek Taylor. He's in Regina. His last thoughts, on our show at least, before the Grey Cup on Sunday, and is picked to win the game on the podcast. We're going to start the show in Regina. Derek Taylor, the voice of the Bombers, is there, and the thing we wanted to know all week was what? Was the status of Zach Kolaris' ankle yesterday? He said he felt good. He was going to be good to go. And today, Derek, did he look good
1: to go at practice? Do you, do you want the uh, the pop kinesiologist or the pop psychologist? I got both for you, Christian.
0: Give them to me, both.
1: All right, pop kinesiologist. He actually looks. He looked better than I thought. Like his right ankle was really heavily taped up, like really heavily. Like I mean, really heavily taped up. But he came out and he was, you know, moving around slowly in the beginning, but. You know, you saw him popping on it and jumping and cutting and, and doing some of the regular stuff. There were times where he would roll out and make a throw, and he wouldn't land the same way you normally would on that right foot. It looked it looked like it was a little awkward, but ultimately I, I came away super impressed with how he looked based on I'd spent you know, the last 48 hours really fearing what it could have been.
0: Listen is questionable on the injury report that was just published about uh, 10 minutes ago. I don't think there's any
1: question, right? Yeah, that's that's been pretty standard for the Bombers, right? If a guy is limited in practice on any day or doesn't practice, they'll list him as questionable. Or in the case of Rashid Bailey last week, they listed him as doubtful, right? Questionable seems to be kind of their standard, but I, I just don't think, I'm with you, I don't think there's any question that Cat is, is starting the game play number one.
0: So anything else to stand out to you at practice today?
1: Uh, everything, honestly, that it was just all kind of the same as in the Western Final. We we kind of wondered. Uh, Demario Houston's been back from injury for a couple of weeks, and and of course the folks remember Demario Houston's story. When they cut Taquan Glass after Week Four, Houston went in and actually bumped Winston Rose over to the field side. Uh, Demario then gets hurt in the Calgary game, and he hasn't played since. And we're wondering, oh, is there a chance that he would get back in, be it for? Maybe Jamal Parker, maybe for uh, uh, Desmond Lord, excuse me. Uh, but he was back with the twos with Demario, so it looks like he'll be down for this one. Shane Goche hasn't practiced a bunch. Uh, I didn't see his designation today, Christian, but I- I'm thinking he might have been limited again today. He's definitely going to play based on what we saw at practice. And then, I mean, guys like Jackson Jeffcoat f- f- fall into the same thing as Fajardo, right? Uh, pardon me, as Fajardo. Uh, I mean... Saskatchewan, my brain is locked up. The same thing as Kolaros, right? He, uh, he was, he's not a hundred percent, but there's no chance that he doesn't play. So yeah, everything was, was, you know, everybody, everything is good and everything looks, looks like we're ready for, uh, for the great cup, which is great because there are no more full practices left.
0: Jane Goetje elicited as questionable, limited today. Also questionable Demario Houston. He was a full participant. Jeff coat, questionable Ricky Walker, Tomoya, Machino and Greg McRae, who are all healthy scratches. Uh, that's what they're listed as or they got healthy scratch yeah, that's because that's their injury.
1: Yeah, if you got a second Christian, there's one there. I'm curious I'm curious and it's not what I've seen in practice, but what I kind of think of this Toronto offense. I wonder if Ricky Walker makes it back onto the roster. Um they're gonna carry two fullbacks with Connor Burton and they're gonna carry the the normal complement of defensive backs. But Walker was off for last week. I wonder if he'll be back in because He's made some real impact plays against the run, and I would fully expect that Toronto's going to roster both Andrew Harris and A.J. Olette who runs very hard. I, I wonder if they might want another run stopper on the interior. So I, I'm curious to see the depth chart if Ricky Walker's name comes back on it.
0: So we're uh, 48 hours away roughly from kickoff in Sunday's game. Has your feeling about what's going to happen Sunday changed since we first talked to you early in the week?
1: Um. Yes, just because I know a little more about Kalars, I feel like if if this was a you know hundred percent at this co- time of the season, Kalars, this would be a, a two-score Winnipeg victory because I, I their offense can get can uh, can get it off of uh, Toronto's defense, and I don't think the reverse is necessarily true. I don't. Toronto's offense really doesn't concern me a ton. Like they. Their defense allowed 420 something points, and their offense only scored a couple more, which is going to be more than 100 fewer than a team like the Bombers scored. So I, I'm not so concerned about that, even with the holes that we kind of know exist in this Bomber defense. Um, so uh, with Kalaris, the way he looked today, I'm more inclined to say, you know, that five and a half point spread, I feel way more comfortable backing the Bombers on that uh, on a neutral field just because. Uh, The receiving core is healthy. The running back, Brady Oliveira, and the run game are incredibly healthy based on what we saw last week. So, yeah, Kolaris was going to be the last piece of of real concern for me. Of course, anything can happen in a Grey Cup, as the 2017 Argo showed us. But in my mind, uh, if you consider, say, their their matchup from week number four, Winnipeg's offense is so much improved from that that I I really don't see a one-point game being a thing.
0: What is the, what's the weather forecast for Sunday? Uh,
1: what I saw on Global Today was minus three at kickoff and minus five by halftime. There is some talk of, well, the wind might pick up a little bit, you know, something in the neighborhood of 20. But honestly, I, I don't think there's any weather reason to think the game is going to be affected, which for Regina in November, that's saying something.
0: Who does that benefit
1: more? Hmm, I... I might like a little tailwind to let Mark Leggio get some kicks in there because he did hit a 55-yarder here back on Labor Day. Uh, I, I think it's probably a push. Like, the, the fact that it doesn't hurt anything, uh, yeah, it's probably it's honestly probably a push. Both quarterbacks are, are guys with strong arms that would cut through the wind. Traction, I guess, will be the thing to watch in which receiving core is able to uh, to handle that the best. But I'd say, I'd say a push based on the weather
0: off the field, how has the city of Regina been for Grey Cup Festival this week?
1: It's It's been really good. I was talking with their president and CEO, Craig Reynolds, a couple of nights ago and I said, when did you start planning for this Grey Cup that you finally get to host? Because they were supposed to host the 2020 Grey Cup. There was no season in 2020. And he said, we had our first conversations in 2018 about how would we do the Grey Cup. So, it's been four years of pent-up demand for, for football and for putting on a show. So, it's it's been fantastic, honestly. The parties are going nuts. Our colleague Greg Mackling is checking out all the parties. He has the the hard detail, hard job over the weekend of checking out all the parties and touchdown Manitoba and stuff. Uh, you, you see it all over the downtown. Just uh, there are there are football fans everywhere, and there are jerseys of all sorts. Uh, uh, I saw a Tristan Black Toronto Argos jersey. I'm like, oh man, this is getting good. If you're you're digging that deep back into the closet, so yeah, Regina is is a great football town from the from the lowest levels to the pro level. So yeah, this this is this one's gonna be a lot of fun. Saturday and Sunday, there's gonna be some real parties going on. It's gonna be a ton of fun.
0: What's your sense of the fan breakdown from each team, oh. and then what we're gonna see on Sunday in the stands?
1: yeah I I kind of go to what Andrew Harris had said of I think it's going to be an Argo crowd because they hate the bombers uh, Saskatchewan hates the bombers I, I I don't know I kind of buy that um, you you really can't cheer for your your biggest rival right that would be pretty hard Winnipeg fans you'd presume there's going to be plenty more of those proper Winnipeg fans versus proper Argo fans but I think the neutrals would would like the you know the, the three peat to die on their on their home field. They don't have much to grab onto because, you know, the Riders didn't make the playoffs in the year they hosted the Great Cup. But, uh, yeah, I kind of side with Andrew Harris on how it'll play out. I'm curious to see what the actual will be. But but uh, rooting against the Bombers, I think, would probably would probably be the thing on Sunday.
0: So this is the last time I'm going to be talking to you until the postgame show on Sunday. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, okay. First of all, let's go with who's going to win.
1: Uh, the Bombers will win.
0: And you think they'll cover?
1: Uh, I think they'll cover. It's currently five and a half. I, I think they'll cover. I, honestly, I, I, to me, it's a double-digit win. It's a win by like twelve or thirteen or or fifteen points.
0: So, you think it's going to be more like twenty nineteen than twenty twenty one?
1: Um. Yes. Yeah. I'd go. I'd go with that. Twenty twenty one was was unexpectedly close in my mind. So yeah, I'm with you.
0: Okay. Who is the most outstanding player of the Great Cup game?
1: Oh, the natural would be to say Zach Kolaris in a Winnipeg win. So I'm going to go back-to-back for Zach. Okay, what about Canadian? How about, if I'm thinking Zach's going to be the MOP as opposed to uh, one of the running games, uh, how about Nick Dembski as the MOP? Um, Yeah, I I think there's some some spots where he can exploit that field side and get Chris Edwards on a corner route. So uh, how about Nick Dembski with something like six catches for 80 yards and a score?
0: Okay, Brady Oliveira not a consideration there or is it uh, tough to pick between the two?
1: I said th- well you saw last week the pass game wasn't working so they went to the run game and when the run game working there was no reason to go back to the pass. I feel like this team is, is its foundation is its passing game and letting Zach Kalaros make things happen so if it goes off Brady can pile up yards in the fourth quarter but if he ends up with 14 carries for 70 yards, I feel like there's going to be a Canadian performer that maybe is just a little bit more important if if the game goes as I predict.
0: And then we'd have to do the research to figure out when was the last time the most outstanding player and most outstanding Canadian of the Grey Cup game were the same in consecutive years, if that's ever happened before.
1: Oh my goodness. I, I mean, Montreal probably would have been Calvillo in a couple, but... Who would the Canadi- could the Canadians have both been Ben Cahoon in the game like that? That would be t- that'd be tough. You know I'm going to Wikipedia that when I get home, right? I'm going to immediately start looking that up just so we know.
0: I'm just going to do it live right now and see if we can uh, get it. So that when uh, Montreal won their back-to-back, it was Avon Coburn and Ben Cahoon, and then the following year was Jamel Richardson and Keith Joligan. So. We're going to have to go back quite a bit further than that. Kelvia didn't get in either of those games, actually, the most outstanding player, which is kind of odd. All right. Well, Derek, I'll I'll let you go on that note. Appreciate all your work for us this week. We'll be playing a lot of the audio you sent back in on the show tonight. Have fun this weekend.
1: Thank you, brother. Can't wait to talk to you in the postgame show. Well,
0: thank you very much
1: for listening to the CJOB
0: Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places, I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again.